life. I wonder. <laughs> All right. Ready for everybody. Take a sleep. sleeping. Go everybody take a nap and like a coffee break. Cassie <laughs> like left the building. I think oh, it's a get started. I started doing my nails. <laughs> so sorry. Holy shit. Everybody's doing something else. <laughs> Folks is playing Atari. Fucking Cassie's getting a nail done. Tommy's eating peanut butter jelly sandwich. Oh, they're the best. All right, this is episode four, Never Follow Trends podcast, Genevieve's talking, hope everybody's good today. Um, so getting right into it, um, speaking on, I mean, a lot of the episodes previously, we were talking about startups during this time and how people are starting businesses with all this downtime at home. I was speaking to, you know, an investor friend of mine uh, earlier today. And, you know, we were speaking on, you know, different ways people are starting companies up. And obviously he's, he's, he's an investor. So he's seeing so many different types of, of, uh, companies starting up. So we were talking about basically like, it's not people in their thirties, twenties starting companies. It's so many people in the forties, fifties, and even sixties starting companies up. And that's for their first time, like taking a shot, just going for it, saying, all right, listen, I'm going to be home for two, three months. I have this much in the bank or whatever. I'm tired of my job. Here's the time. Here's the perfect, perfect transition into a different field. So we were talking about that for a while. And um, the podcast came up because he was asking what's going on with me and you know what's, what am I doing during this time? And as we were talking and I kind of gave him a, a gist of what it's about, he was telling me the same thing that a lot of us talk about um, when we talk separately is consistency, you know, about like, you can't worry about followers. You can't worry about who's listening at first. You just got to keep going. And he caught me with, with a few things that like stuck in my head. Like he was saying like, hey, maybe the 78th episode, maybe the one that goes viral. Or maybe the 45th one is, is, is the one an exec hears and wants to work out a deal or an endorsement, blah, blah, blah. And he was just saying how consistency is so True. important because most people do things, have the greatest idea, and they just let it die out. Before it even had a chance to gain momentum, they just say, oh, it's not working. You know? That's amazing. um, That's amazing. Right? Yeah. And he was just giving me that he was starting to cut you off time. He was just giving me this insight of of this. And, you know, sometimes you know things, right? You know it. But when you hear it from someone who's more successful than you or, or, or does it for a living, then you're like, oh, shoot. The stuff we're talking about is the same. We're on the same wave as, 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 as these guys. It's just that when you hear it from them, it sticks to your head. And while, and while, I, while I'm talking about that, um, I was thinking about this company, Homage, right? And oh, I love them. They, yeah. You know about it. Um, they have like an amazing line of, of shirts, hats, apparel, sports related. They're based out of Ohio. And real quick, how, how, how this company, I have like five, six, seven shirts of them. I, I, they're one of my favorite companies. But this guy started his business in his garage, just like flipping shirts and, and doing stuff like that. And he got, he got to a pretty big name. But what's crazy is, and this goes back to what I was just saying, is LeBron wore his Ultimate Warrior shirt Beautiful when shirt. he got off the plane after they beat Golden State, right? And it was like showing like, I'm the Ultimate Warrior, blah, blah, blah. He, 
He actually wore a shirt before that. He wore an Undertaker shirt when they were down 3-1, but it didn't get much press. But when he came off the plane after they beat Golden State with this Ultimate Warrior shirt. You went viral. This gone. The and company was gone. Cleveland, too. That's something people don't yes. know. Like The yes. company started based in Cleveland in LeBron's backyard. But the funny thing about that whole thing, and it goes back to this, he still doesn't know how LeBron got the shirt. That's nuts. So, so it wasn't a marketing he, – like he didn't directly get it. This is what I'm saying, and this is what the guy was telling me today was like, there's no science to it sometimes. It just happens organically. And like look at that. Like These dudes had a pretty good up-and-coming company, and all of a sudden you got one of the biggest athletes in the world rocking your shirt in front of everyone. That's, so, like, that's like that yeah. shirt company we did in Cali, but – I was just pitching. I just want to say this for 30 seconds. I was pitching someone today marketing and it was an older lady and I could tell like she's wealthy, but people have been taking advantage. So I broke it down like this for your first 30 days. We're just trying to cause disruption, get as many people to see it. 60. We want to be here. 90. We want to be here. But at the end of the day, it's you being consistent, following the plan. And then at the end of the day, my job is to manage your expectations. So I think it's like managing people's expectations. And then a viral thing can happen once you're so consistent. There's a catalog. As a result, people go, you know what? Who the heck are these people? They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like it even like in a in a reverse sense. Like sometimes you may think, oh wow, look, I have this influencer about to wear, or wear, I, you give it to that influencer and they wear it, but then something negative happens to that influencer. And mm. nobody wants to mess with it. You know, you have to think like, cause some people are really hungry or thirsty to get it to that influencer and then it works against them. That's why the consistency of building the brand, like you both said, is the most important thing because right. the, when the brand stands for itself, it doesn't matter. It could get a little, oh, you know, this guy, yeah, he wore my t-shirt last week and ended up murdering somebody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for real. That's like no. the extreme. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. true. Uh, By the way, <laughs> he just got a one eighty seven, <laughs> right? <laughs> Kasi, uh, on on that note, because I remember when you, I mean, I didn't even know your what line of work you were in because we didn't speak for for a while for a minute, and it was like, whoa, what do you do? Like, wow, you're doing that? Like, what was your like? Obviously, you learned the business or whatever, but what was your like? How did you slide into into your business? Like, how did that work? What was what was the point where you were like, "Oh shit, I'm doing this"? Like, oh, um, you know, I don't even know because you know, I used to do like uh, I I was a wardrobe stylist, so I went from like one extreme to the next to the next. Yeah, but like I was just I was doing some corporate work like that, like doing corporate events, and then one day I was just like, I want to do this, you know, but on a personal level, not so much on a corporate like you know where we would have like big meeting spaces and breakout sessions and things like that, but more intimate. And then I put myself out there and within my first year, I got like five or six clients, but I was giving it away back then. Like I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll drive to Kalamazoo for you. Sure. You know, I was doing it all for free. Did you, did you have one person that kind of guided you or helped you or or, or, no, it was strictly. And that's the thing, like you were saying earlier, like it's people in their forties and fifties starting it blows my mind that younger people aren't doing more. Like they're all about fast money, Instagram money, you know, Shopify and all that stuff. They're not about putting in work though. It's like, let me see what somebody else did and let me do it too. Whereas right. older people are like, oh, okay, I can, you know, I can do this. 
I have That's the blueprint. Call. I want to create the blueprint though. You know, like we want to create the mm. blueprint of how to do it versus somebody giving it to us. Nobody, not one of us on this call was handed anything, right? Like we all no. had to kind of figure it out on our own. That's just the era we're from right. though. You know, yeah. it's a whole different, you know, right? It's a whole different. Completely different. The work we had to put in was, was it wasn't there ready. You know, a lot of these kids, like you was, like what you're just saying is the 20 year old, it's amazing because they have it all there. You know, we didn't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to look things up and drive here and go there. Like they have Google. They like I'm I'm not even being funny, but I when I started Google was not a thing like that. You know, it wasn't like it was not a what do you mean? No, what's it? With the yellow You know, starting a brand uh in itself, you know, we have all the tools right here. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you were saying like Back then, you'd have to get an artist, get somebody to produce, manufacture your whatever it was, and go to their office and go to their showroom and go to wherever it may be. You know, even these, I mean, like, you know, you know, in the music business, damn, like, oh. we'd have to get a, find, like, find a producer, have a, get a producer that has equipment, then have, get their beats, go to a studio, record. Get stuff dumped out onto ADAT. Get it transferred from ADAT wow, to cassette. Yeah. Then from cassette, give it out physically to people. Like that whole process. Now it's like, email me a verse. I put yep. it on. I mix it quick. Throw it out on SoundCloud. Boom. Wow. You know, and a graphic done on on Adobe Spark, and you're done. You know game, what? Game you know what that makes me think of hooks is that we were patient for the idea to formulate and become something. Where today yep. it's instant gratification. Absolutely, and and I don't. I mean, these. I mean, you could probably. Um, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but when when we started doing music, like it felt like kind of felt like you were the only one doing it. But now, like, I feel like now you look on the gram, you look on Facebook, you look, and there's so many people doing it. But because we didn't have that, we felt like. Oh, we're the only, we're the only or very few people doing it. And it kind of gave you a different kind of push. Totally. Because here's a simple way to, to know how that felt is when you were young and you were doing music and you met a girl and you told her you were a rapper, they'd be like, oh, really? Like, wow, that's cool. Years later, if you tell a girl you're a rapper, they'd be like, you're a rapper? Like, they laugh at you. Job? You know what What's your real yeah. job? Yeah. So it was, a, it was a whole, it was because it was cool. And now it's like everybody could be a rapper. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like fan, fans are rappers now. That's that's why the music doesn't sound as original as it did before. Because right. back then you couldn't be a fan. You had to get accepted to be into music. Yep. Someone had to co-sign you, a DJ, a producer, a label, or someone. You couldn't just say I'm a rapper. So someone had to co-sign you. Now you co-sign yourself because you could do everything yourself and put it on YouTube. Who's could, who could tell you that right. that you're not an artist? Right. right? Yeah. It's a, right. it's a different way of going ar around with it. You know, like you said, with the ADATs, I remember having a duffel bag full of ADATs. <sighs> they were like VCR tapes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. And they were expensive. The hustle, the yeah. And the hustle to get your stuff out there. Like you said, it felt like forever yeah. to get a project done because all the work you had to do, like now I could record three songs, send them to you. You could mix them. And, and get a master, and it could be two days. Yep. Done. That's incredible, because that might have been a 20-day, a week, a five-day, seven-day, whatever it was, depending More. on you know, yeah, how big it was. Two-month process, probably, like just to, get, just to get even an EP done. Do you know how long it would take an album to get done? 
to mix a song oh on those God. boards and like like it was it was an endless thing. Games. And I, I yeah. Games. And when you live through when you live through all those eras, I mean, the young kids they're not going to see it. They might hear stories, but if you went through it and understand how hard it was. Even listen, even and I'm not talking about the lower heard, level, right? Like even get your music heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for mixtapes, I mean, like, you know, for me, I was a local kid, and all of a sudden, my stuff's on Clue tapes, and then I'm meeting people like Jermaine Dupree and all these other people telling me, "Yo, I love your music," and I'm like, "This dude's in Atlanta. How did he hear my music?" You know, and then you realize that how think music travels, but it only traveled then through hands. Yeah. You know, we're talking in the '90s. Like, didn't travel that. from the internet. I had, you I know, had a bunch of of, of uh, Genevieve's album records. I you remember that Joe? When records. I, moved, I found a bunch of his records because I used to work. You know, I worked yeah. on '97. I used to work at Def Jam. I used to give them out, but I moved and I found a bunch. Remember, I think I shipped them to you, right, Joe? I think you did. Yeah, yeah. Some, yep. Yeah, and it's crazy even to this day. Like, but that that whole science of like, and that's a great thing you said. Like, you don't, you didn't know. They didn't even know what was going on. I would walk into stores and see my white. They used to have white labels. Everybody remembers those oh, back yeah. in the days. Yeah. And it was like it was like the way to bootleg a vinyl, you know. And you'd see a name on there, and you'd be like, "Oh, sh-, like." And you didn't care. Like for me, I was happy. I'm like, I don't care what they bootleg. Like I'm in a record store. Like, but yeah. you didn't know. Nowadays, everything is like I put music out. I go check my views. Right. Yeah. Like that, yeah. You know, that's it. Boom. It's not. Oh, only got hundred views. Oh, my my shit's whack. Right. Like, and it's like Back that then, side we just of let it go. You just let, let it, go. it go. Like, you went to the next thing. You just yeah. kept. You kept evolving as an artist. The one thing that I'll say though, if you were a producer and even an artist back then, you would really be in a position of appreciation for what going through that process, and you'd have more education now than you ever have. But the, I think the the one thing that I'd worry about as an artist today is. You could do it so fast, it may not be as good as it can be because back then you took your time and you did it the right way. I don't know if that if you guys feel that way, but I just feel like people rush I, the process. I, I agree with you on that. I agree, definitely agree. And kind of to tie everything together, um, I read an article the other day um, that was uh, pretty much explaining how, and believe it or not, how streaming Spot, I think it was specifically talking about Spotify, but mo- other, other platforms also, that streaming has gone down during these two months of lockdown. Really? And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really make sense. But when I was talking to a friend of mine who's in the music business, he said he feels, this is his opinion, he's like, because the music is bad. Yeah, and people, people want to hear stuff that they're sitting home. You're not going to listen to certain things while you're sitting home and now there's not an inventory of that feel good music or that uh a music that's going to keep you uh interested during the day while you're sitting in your house wow yeah you don't think of it that way i guess that's why people four million people go watch erica badu and jill scott right because they'd rather they'd rather look or hear good old music than hear whack new music agreed you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like, I know for me, if I'm in a zone, I'm listening to my, my stuff. I'm not searching for new music when I already have good old music. Right. That's, <laughs> that's all I listen to. I, I yeah. listen to rap or Frank Sinatra, maybe Billy Joel, and that's it. I, don't yeah. even... I come downstairs in the morning and get my coffee and put 80s music on. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I just want to hear good music. But that's not saying I don't want to hear new music. Like, there's that, that kid, Joyner Lucas, I think so, his name is. He did that Will Smith. Um, video. Oh, yo, crazy. 
crazy. Yo, if anyone didn't see, see I haven't it, seen it. He, it's oh amazing. My. I wanted something like Will, and he he basically dressed in the video. He's transforming himself into all the characters Will Smith played. But, yo, listen. But the kid can rap. It's not like it's like just some corny shit. It's dope, and I never knew who the kid was ever. But uh, as dude, I, let I, me ask you that: Is yeah. you have to be catchy to get noticed because you want to create uh, an online audience? I think I think you do now more than before because it was just based off talent. Now it's, it's something else connected to it, right? I mean, like, there's been one, I mean, listen, there's been one time Wonder Kids that did it all themselves, like Soldier Boy, that got rich off of just a song, you know, off his, off him. I mean, he's, he's just did it from, he, he basically was like the first one on the internet to really do that. Am I right, Hooks? Or no, like to really, to, to they just do it off one song? To really just say, I'm going to record this in my house, put it out with no help and no backing and no label and no nothing and just become yeah, famous would, yeah, and be a millionaire. Would, oh, yeah. He was right? one of the first. One of, one of the first. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, you could do it. What, yeah, I remember him. What year was that? That was like early um, years ago? Early to mid two, No, mid-2000s. It had to be. Okay. Mid-2000s. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of indie people did that from the music standpoint of like rock or, you know, that type of stuff, metal or whatever. But he might have been the first rap. Is well, that right? But to take it to that level of, of, you know, how much money he got and how big that song was Wow! to that level. I mean, right, Hooks, or well, am I bugging? Or, or no, you're, you're absolutely right. And it ties back to what, how we initiated this conversation is that you created, you put it out there, and you got into the right hands to create, create this buzz. And because he had complete control and ownership of his product, he was able to become successful. You know, and, and that mm -hmm. I feel goes across the line for anything we're talking about between, you know, music, fashion, you know, marketing business and whatever. You know, once you have once you put it out there and you have that that control over it, I mean, your success is exponential. You know, it's that one one shot. I mean, yeah. if you get that one thing, it could be one hit, one product, one interview, you know, what, whatever it is. It doesn't have to, like, back in the days, you had to have, I feel like, a catalog of, of something. Like, you had to have this, you know, you know, there's people that just get rich off of one thing, one song, one, you know, one brand of, like, even the kid with the OG thing, right, Hooks? It's just that OG thing clicked, yeah. like, right? Yeah. And there's certain he, things that just click. And Yeah, so he was, you know, he's from our neighborhood, um, and... Uh, the the company's Vandalay, funny because it's a Seinfeld. Vandalay industry. Yeah. Um, he was he was making T-shirts. Shout out to Mike Benora, by the way. Uh, he was making T-shirts, um, and he just like we we've talked in previous episodes. Kids from Yonkers were hating on him. What are you doing? We making T-shirts? Y'all shit ain't work. Shit won't work. And he made this Jordan T-shirt, and I. Think he got a little recognition from it, but they were saying you can't use Jordan's image because you'll get sued. So he pixelated the Jordan image. So from far away, you could tell it was Mike. When you move close, it was just a bunch of pixels, like boxes. So um, he freaked that, but his kind of, it was just a, a very, you know, he had very minor success with it. And then he took the GQ logo and made it OG. And all the rappers jumped on it. And if you see, like, I mean, that's what I mean, what made everybody rocks. But ev everybody. everybody rocks that OG. I'm talking about 
everyone. Like, I mean, in the it's talking about in the rap game, and I've seen a lot of athletes wear it, but like that one thing he made which probably didn't take him more than five minutes to make right right like it was some simple that's what i'm saying it's that one thing and like one thing could set you straight forever i mean like let's just be real it's one thing and i think that's like even the call i had today was like you just don't know if you're just consistent and you keep going on whatever you're doing something's gonna click you know, and it was his consistency. He didn't quit. People mm-hmm. would hate nope. him on him. People was like, that's not nope. going to work. He's from Yonkers. You're going to get, he's from Yonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get sued. You're going to get this, that. He just kept going and going. And now the OG thing. And the, and here you go. This all ties back to having the catalog. Right. So we have yep. all these designs in the stash, but once the OG, um, OG logo, uh, I don't want to say logo, the OG design took off. Everybody started looking for his other shit. Yep. Yep. That's a good call. That's yeah. how it goes in business. We work with uh, different people and, and we'll see one person that you thought was going to make it, not make it, but it was that person that was hungry, consistent. They didn't even have a great message or a great book like the other person, but they were just so consistent and they got behind their ads. They got behind their visuals. As a result, they got out there and I, I could see that in music. You know, and, and any type of business, anything you're doing, you have to, you have, you're the brand. So that's the mm-hmm. thing that I notice is you're the brand, not the other people. So you got to just push it yourself. Like that's what it's all about these days. Yeah. And then it's scary. And then you get the legends, you know, like Kobe and Jordan and people like when you have the superior talent with the superior work ethic, right? Then it just is a whole other side of it. Cause that could be in anything. I mean, they, you know, successful businessmen and successful athletes actors you know whatever it is if you have the double you know that because there's a lot of successful people that are just super talented but they're not you know they're lazy you know what i mean but they they don't care they're like whatever i'm still but when you have that's when you watch like the you know watching that jordan thing and you just like like we know jordan even though i hated him growing up i mean remember tom like there was so many fake there was so many fake like everybody was like they weren't really Bulls fans, they were Jordan fans. So like mm-hmm. as a Knicks fan, you come to school and everybody's like, ah, because we could never get through Jordan. You know, but you you just you hated him back then because we couldn't win. But now as you're older and you know, you appreciate things different, man. Watching that, just watching even the doc is just like, wow, like this dude. He yep. was savage, yeah. Jordan. So talk we talked business today. We we were talking about, you know, Joe got on earlier and he talked about the person he was speaking to. So Here's the thing. I'm going to ask you one question, but it's really three. Oh, All right. You could start one business on a, on a, on a, on a bootstrap budget. You got $5,000. That's it. That's, it's a bootstrap business, meaning you're, you're taking the lowest you know, uh, investing investor to start the business. And you could only use one social media platform and you have to name it. What would you guys start? Let's start with Kasi. No, so I'll I start with me. All right, I'll start with Joe because you're, you're, you, I, got, I got it. So we'll start with Joe. What if I were to give you not me, but like you got five thousand bucks, you had to start a business, and you had six months to make ROI, your return on investment. You're trying to make money. You have one platform that you could build on, and what would you name it? Since you're starting a business, what would you do? What would be your consistent thing, and how would you get your message out? But what would the thing be first? Uh, you're saying online business, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, it could be it could be a brick and mortar, but you'd have to use online anyway. So. Um, that's tough. That's a good. That's tough. I mean, right away. I it's mean, good. Yeah, grand, it's a curveball. Also, with five grand, you got to figure out, you know, what what it could be. Um, I mean, for me, 
I probably would go into the the resale of, of vintage jerseys. I mean, because the market on that right now is it, it's it never ends. What platform would you use? The name of it? Yeah. What would be the name? What the platform? And then like, what would be your plan to? Well, I would probably it? use I would use Go Jerseys because I have a I have a Twitter handle with that name that has fifteen thousand followers. So I probably would take that platform and 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 use that five grand for marketing and promotion because i already have the followers right i don't have to bring the people that's good these people are ready these people are ready uh, into jerseys so and i built that organically i never even i never purchased a follower i never did anything i never put a dollar into the business so i would probably use that money and um take take the 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 following i have and then turn the store i would buy product and then flip the store and, and try and, and try to go that way. Cause you're talking 5,000. So it, you know, it, that's tough. it's not that yeah, it's tough. We're talking five, you, you know, if you just said 50,000, I probably yeah. would have been in a whole different but with five grand. I think I could, I could, I could swing a few things with that. So that's what I would do. I mean, I, w- I would go that route. What about, all right, that's good. And then my next question to you is this, if you were to do that today, what would be, what do you think you'd make in six months? If I took the five, what would I? Yeah, what would, what would what do you much, think at six months? What would the company make within six months? What do you think you'd be at financially? That's, hard. that's a good question. Um, tough to think right now. I think in six months, even if I just double my money, I'd be happy. So look, there's a business plan right there. Like, what no, I know, and I, I'm thinking on the small end because you got to you know, start small. Like, you got to. Yeah, I learned you got to so, bootstrap everything. Yeah, so I would be actually. I know it's not a lot, but I would be actually happy if I was if I was making, you know, if I was earning profit wise. You know, even if it was you know fifteen hundred a month or whatever it was, I would I would feel like if I had ten grand, I would feel okay with the five in six months. That's good. What about you, Hooks? Um, I have a million like business ideas. Just one. But if you're talking about, but if you're talking about like you're giving me the parameters of like having five grand and having to return the investment in six months, I got to go with something that's like that has uh, demand right now, and because five grand isn't a lot, um, you know, you'd have to put a lot towards marketing. I mean, I do have, I do have the food thing that I do, the Capricorns Kitchen, so maybe it would. I would have to say it would be a food product of mine. I can't tell you exactly. Like I really don't know because I, I would try a bunch of different things, but it definitely would be a food product, and I would use f- Facebook to promote it because I feel like that's where you get the most um, user traffic for stuff like that, for products sure. and stuff. What would you um, – so you'd name it Capricorn? The- well, I have Capricorn's Kitchen. That's my, my so what would Instagram be- handle. What are you doing for people? Like you're get sending food to their house. You're like a monthly subscription. What is it? No, I would think I would think in this situation it would have to be a single product. You know, and, um, then, and then what would your return on your investment in six months? What do you think you could make if you grinded it out of five k? And remember, the five k is just the initial. By week two, you could bring in thirty k, and that becomes your your cash flow. So right. I don't want you feel locked in like it's only five k. Five k is a good start to bootstrap it. So what I would mean, um, I mean, it would obviously it's online, so most of it has to be uh, online marketing. So that's where the mo- a lot of the money is going to go because the ma- the I guess the cost, the manufacturing. I'm going to be doing it myself, and I don't even have a price point yet. Uh, like Joe, like 
if I get if I get double my money in six months or at least make back the five, that's a that's that's a win right there. Because yeah. businesses mm-hmm. don't profit in that. You know, it takes years to, for business to profit. Some, some businesses take two, three years before they actually see it. Yeah, sure. sure. But you yeah. still get a you still get a cash flow though. Doesn't mean you're making a profit. You are still getting cash to maintain it. So I mm-hmm. agree. Your first couple of years, like Cassie said, it's a maintaining phase. But you're still yeah. getting when I say six months, I don't want you to think it's just the return on the investment. It's the um, um we're at let's say we started at one K a month. By month six it might be three K a month. You see where I'm going? Yeah. I, to answer your your question all in one shot, it would definitely be definitely be a food product. Nice. Um, it would be uh, marketed on Facebook, and like I said, if I could keep that, if I could get my money back in six months, that's that's a good look. That's good, and and you know what's interesting? Like you and Joe, it sounds like these companies you could start right now. Like when I say right now, it's like you could start taking the 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 skeleton of this and. Move, I, know, I know both of you are moving towards it. Mm-hmm. So, Kasi, what about you? You got five. You're, you're a businesswoman, very successful. What would be the type of business that you'd want to start for five grand? The name, the platform you'd use, and in six months, where do you think you'd be at? I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. I do not. I thought about it while they were talking, and I can't think of anything that I could start with only five grand. It's not enough money for the stuff that I want to do. I got big yeah, but you got to think of you got to think bootstrap by month. By week two, like let's say you did a clothing company, but like you just did a one thing and, and you flip it up. So just think about it's bootstrap. That's all it is. It's it's not cash flow. It's your five thousand investor money, and then you're taking that. But to- it's not enough for the things that I want to do. So I, my answer to you is I don't know. So that's my answer. I, I have nothing for Excellent. you. I don't have Perfect. I don't have a, a, a realistic idea that I would want. I mean, I have. A, a million things I want to do. Tony and I were talking about this the other day, but you know they all require a lot of money. Like, got it. Got it. I'm sorry. I'm expensive. Yeah, we said that was bougie earlier. So you you're bougie. Definitely bougie. There you go. Can't answer your question. <laughs> you can't even make one up. No. So uh, I tried. I was so, like, let me say some some random shit, but I got nothing. Got it. Got it. I got nothing. So Tom, what would you do? So I had an investor approach me like um, in the last week or two, and it's significant money, but. So my friend, my lawyer for my company came to me. He's like, Tommy, all you need is five grand. That's why I came up with that number. And the way Joe started the show off, I felt like this is the best thing. So what I'd like to do is for quick money to sell it is a leads company. And in 2013, I worked for a leads company. And so I understand the industry. So I, and you could take 5,000 and start it. Uh, obviously, I'd, ha- I'd, build the we- I'd build everything without money, you know, like the web and all that. But I would do a leads company because, and I would start, I would work with only two verticals, like in the start and maybe do roofers and dental and then keep adding up for leads. Now, a lot of people, my business is organic. I don't even chase leads right now, but I would go after leads because there's 35 million people out of work, people, but are starting their own companies. And I'd make it very affordable where it'd be like $10 a lead for the people to get. And then, you know, sell them like a $500 to $1,000 packages. So I was sort of a leads company. Um, we, would you we, were name it? About, we were thinking about lead. My friend has a, a, like a business that, it, that he's the investor. He has a, a thing called acceleration. So we would do something with leads and acceleration. And I would, it's a hard because I'd want to put it on Facebook, but I know LinkedIn is where all the, you know, people are. Linked, Facebook has the most people going to it. But I think you could bootstrap a leads company and then, 90 days we projected 
at with a five thousand uh, dollar setup, we could be at like six hundred and fifty thousand dollar ROI in, in in ninety days with salespeople. Remember, we're thinking five thousand to start it. It's not the cash flow. The cash flow is going to create itself. So, but at the end of the day, who knows? Numbers are fictitious. So the leads business is something I want to do because it it operates on its own. And you don't really have to manage it where you, it's a run, it's just ads and landing pages. So it's, it simplifies marketing. Cause right now a person may come to me and I'm doing 30 different things that like, I just was talking to Joe today about someone coming me, to me with a movie and it's like, it's that's left field for me. So it's like the key thing is consistency. I would have to have a spokesman for it where we do organic videos for free, build the page up, get email blasts and crush it. And I think you could do it with five grand now. Is it very inexpensive? Yes. But the cash flow in 90 days would be, if you get, if you're consistent and you have retention, you could do really well. So that's what I would do, a leads business. Ooh. So Not interesting. Bad. All right. I think we're going to close out episode four. Touched on a lot. Um, and just want to wish everyone a good day. Everyone be yourself. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Thank everybody for listening. Check us out on Instagram at never.follow.trends.pod. And on SoundCloud, where all the episodes will be posted at Never Follow Trends Pod on SoundCloud. Peace. Never follow trends.